I'm Steve Tarano. Welcome to this episode of Body Performance. You know, I am blown away by the number of people who want to lose weight, but they don't know how many calories are in a pound of fat. People want to be rich, and they know how much a million dollars is. But when they want to lose weight, you ask them, do you know how many calories are in a pound of fat? And then you tell them 3,500. They're like, wow, I didn't realize it was that much. I want to ask them, if you don't know how many calories are in a pound of fat, then how do you know how much to eat and how much to exercise? Where's your benchmark? Where's your measuring stick? How are you going to determine whether you're making progress or not? Well, they'll typically say, well, I get on the scale and see if I'm losing weight or not. Yeah, but how do you know if what you're doing is effective? If that number on the scale isn't getting any lower, then you're not losing weight. So what do you do? Where do you make your adjustments? Plus, as we get older, I still find it amazing that people allow calories to creep up on them. I know it's slow, it's gradual, it's imperceptible. I'm the guy who came up with that concept. But you know something? The mirror doesn't lie. You can't look at yourself and go, oh no, I'm thin. The challenge is, is that you see yourself every day. And those gradual changes are imperceptible. They're hard to recognize. So that's why after a year or two or three, you can become 20 pounds heavier. And when you look at yourself in pictures that are old, you go, oh my God, look how much thinner I was back in my Facebook days when I was younger. That's how it happens. It sneaks up on you gradually and slowly. And you have to either want to lose weight or not get upset about being fat. Plain and simple. Because when you look at Americans, we are not just 5 to 10 pounds overweight. I can understand that. You gain 5 or 10 pounds after a few months of letting yourself go, and you go, okay, now my pants don't fit. I need to rein it in. But 30, 40, or 50 pounds, you don't really notice that. I mean, people notice when their hair is too long and they get a haircut after a month and a half, but they can't seem to recognize weight gain in the mirror? Really? According to the CDC, the percentage of people over 20 that are obese is 42%. The percentage of people over 20 who are either obese or overweight is 74%. And the percentage of children that are 6 to 9 that are obese is 20%. 20% of our kids, 6 to 9, are obese. Not just overweight, obese. This is insane. I think this is a combination of what we've been programmed to eat, the misinformation we've been given about how weight loss and how weight gain occurs, the misinformation about what is supposedly healthy for you, and the fact that we're bombarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by the vast amount of foods that look delicious and taste amazing. I'm not going to lie. Junk food and fast food, even healthy food, tastes great. It's stimulation. You eat it, you taste it, you get immediate satisfaction. The challenge is, do you really want to lose weight? That is the ultimate challenge, and that's the ultimate answer as to whether you're actually going to lose weight or not. Do you want to lose weight? Do you feel uncomfortable? Do you need to get healthier? Are you embarrassed when you go to the beach? All these factors come into play, and if you don't care about it, hey, that's fine. But do not tell me you cannot lose weight. Everybody at any age can lose weight. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. You can lose weight. 
and you can get in better shape. I love talking to people who talk to me about weight loss, and I especially love it when these people are fat, and they're giving me advice on what works for them, and they're still fat. They give me advice on how weight loss occurs, and they're still fat. Let me clue these people in on a little secret. Have you ever seen on TV a bunch of zebras on a documentary, and they all look pretty much the same, and they're all eating pretty much the same thing, or whether it's gazelles, or hippos, or elephants, or tigers, lions, and bears? Well, people are the same way. So it drives me nuts when I hear somebody go, well, you know, I just don't uh, digest carbs well. Uh, Well, you know, you got to find out what works best for you. I have to eat this because of my blood type. And then I have to eat this because of my astrological sign. That's how stupid eating for your blood type sounds. Remember, people are more alike than we are different. Okay, we're all pretty much the same. There are a few people who can't digest gluten. And there are a few people who are allergic to penicillin. And there are a few people who can't drink grapefruit juice. But in general, metabolically and biologically, we all work the same. So when somebody tells me, I do better on a low-carb diet, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're eating less carbohydrates, you're going to lose weight. If you say, I do better on a low-protein diet, I feel better. That's great. You'll lose weight. But the only reason people lose weight is because they're eating less. Make no mistake about it. There is no chemical magical reaction that occurs because you're not eating carbs or because you're not eating protein. There is no special food combination that magically burns fat. Anything you stick in your mouth that has calories that the body can digest will make you fat. And if you take away those additional calories, be they fats, proteins, or carbohydrates, you'll begin to lose weight. But I understand when somebody says, I do well on a low-carbohydrate diet because they know what a carbohydrate is, and if they can make it through the day without carbohydrates or eating them, that's great. I would tell them, your athletic performance is going to suffer, but if you're not a super athlete and you're not pushing yourself every day, no big deal. If you don't like eating fats, even better. If you can get by with not eating proteins or just a little bit, hey, do your thing. Whatever you need to do to decrease the amount of daily calories you take in every day, and you can do that for days, weeks, and months without going crazy, you will lose weight. There is no secret to weight loss. Weight loss is just calories in and calories out. Being lighter and having less body fat on you will make you healthier. It will improve your health. Type 2 diabetes is 100% preventable. Then, after you've lost weight, then you can improve your body's performance through weight training and aerobics. The results of weight training and aerobics have nothing to do with what you eat. You cannot improve your muscularity by eating more or eating better. If that were true, every ex-NFL lineman would be huge and muscular and not fat. And every marathoner or triathlete wouldn't be outside running like a maniac they'd be eating that special food that improved their cardiovascular performance. The performance of your body comes from utilizing your body. So when somebody tells you, oh, gaining muscle is 90% diet, they're an asshole, plain and simple. Because if you apply that principle to other sports, hey, 
your jump shot is 90% diet. Being able to hit a golf ball 300 yards, it's all in your diet. See how stupid that sounds? Now, if you're an endurance athlete and you weigh less, training will be easier, but you still have to train to improve your cardiovascular performance. Another aspect to weight loss that people just don't seem to understand is this. The body is incredibly efficient with calories. Now, when I say efficient with calories, I'm not talking about utilizing calories. I'm talking about preserving calories and getting the most mileage out of them. In other words, when we talk about a car being fuel efficient, we talk about it getting a lot of miles per gallon. So the body is very efficient and stingy with its calories. It goes a long way on a few calories. So when you get on the treadmill, the elliptical, the bike, or whatever it is that you use, you are just not burning that many calories during cardiovascular activity or even during a weight training workout. People ask me, hey Steve, how many calories do you think you burn during a workout? And when I tell them maybe 200, they're floored. I go, yeah, uh, it's just not that much. I do maybe 15 minutes of intense cardio after my weight training. That's about 50 calories. And let's say I'm doing legs where I'm leg pressing 800 pounds 15 times, 15 times, 15 times, and then squatting 400 pounds, 10 times, 10 times, 10 times. That's not utilizing that many calories. The exercise is intense, it's short, and then I stop and rest for two or three minutes. This just does not burn a lot of calories. So when you get on the bike, the elliptical, the Stairmaster, or the treadmill, and you're walking on the treadmill at three miles an hour, and you pick up the pace to three and a half miles an hour, and you incline it from 1.0 to 1.5, and all of a sudden the calorie utilization goes from 300 calories an hour to 500 calories an hour. That is just not accurate, and that's where people run into problems. They think they're burning a lot more calories than they are, and therefore they always look the same in the gym. They don't get any fatter, but they definitely don't get any thinner. So the first thing you have to do if you want to lose weight is determine if you really want to lose weight. Is this something you want to do? And if you don't, don't worry about it. And if you do, start with eating less. And then eventually start eating healthier. And then incorporate some type of cardiovascular activity into your daily life. And then make this eating and exercise a habit. Eating less becomes a habit. Eating a little healthier becomes a habit. Not eating late at night becomes a habit. Taking a walk three times a week becomes a habit because the habits you develop are the compound interest of self-improvement. Whether that's losing weight or making money, it's irrelevant. If you do the right things over and over and over again, you'll lose weight. Ask somebody who golfs. They'll tell you, doesn't make any sense to practice if you have a shitty swing. You're just reinforcing bad habits. You can't have excuses and have results. So don't tell me I can't eat this and I can't eat that when people can eat nothing but McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and lose weight. Or people can have a healthy diet and be fat. If everybody's diet was so good for them and so effective for them, 75% of Americans wouldn't be fat or obese. So obviously, people either don't know something or they're not doing something right. I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, CBD Botanical Therapy potent CBD products at affordable prices. If you know somebody that needs a 5,000 milligram tincture, don't buy it from CBDMD, CBD Distillery, or Level Select. 
you're going to pay $180 to $240. Buy it from CBD Botanical Therapy. You're going to pay $69 and receive free shipping. And finally, I want to ask, who is the guy or the girl that invented that big rubber band that goes around people's knees, mostly women's, that keeps their legs or knees together while they're doing squats or leg press? Why did this become a thing? I'm just not sure how fads like this occur and then travel so quickly across the country. I've seen it in Florida, I've seen it in California, and I'm sure it's in every gym in between. Where your knees are is irrelevant to leg development. We're not all built the same. Some people have longer, shorter, wider, thinner. Some people are bow-legged. That's the way it is. And just how your knees bend is your natural biomechanics. It's your natural kinesiology. So putting a rubber band around your knees while you're squatting or leg pressing doesn't do anything. It does absolutely nothing. You want your body to fall into its natural position so it's not uncomfortable for you to handle heavier weight or do additional reps. This is something that people just don't seem to understand. It's just a gimmick that people buy and it really doesn't do anything. It's like that new hip flexor exercise that's sweeping the nation again where mostly women lie on a bench, put a bar across their waist, and arch up in order to tighten their hamstrings and their rear ends. Okay, it's not a bad exercise, but if you can put two and 300 pounds on it, ladies, obviously it's not that difficult. It's not going to be that effective. Just leg press, just leg curl, do lunges. These things are the basics of leg development. They've always worked And if that bench hip thrusting exercise actually worked, then bodybuilders, male bodybuilders, would do it. But they don't waste their time doing that. They're doing things like squats, partial deadlifts, leg press, hack squats, possibly walking lunges, all the things that are easy to do that add tremendous tension and flexation on the muscle that cause tremendous growth and give you the results you want. I'm Steve Tarano, and this is Body Performance.